1: A factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the OFNT podcast, episode 207, which I'm calling Apple Car. What Apple Car? I record this as my dream of being able to hop in a car and have it take me to my destination without me having to drive is further receding. Oh, well, so how are you doing this week? Hope you're well. Me? I had a good checkup from my doctor. All of my health issues seem to be under control. Today it's my lovely wife's birthday, so this episode will be a little short. You know, maybe that's for the better. Yes. Well, how about we get this thing started? If it's okay with you. Okay. Tech news. The Apple car is dead. Long live the Apple Car. Yeah, according to many reports, the Apple car program has officially ended. With those that were working on that project transferred over to the AI team. The Max tech YouTube channel, gave a list of reasons of why the car project was probably canceled and they seemed pretty legit to me. Apple was initially attempting to create a self-driving car, a car that wasn't equipped with a steering wheel, imagine that. But the technology just wasn't there yet. In the later stages of the car project, Apple tried their hand at a semi-driverless car with a steering wheel included, and that's what they stopped trying to do. The bean counters over at the giant fruit company ran the numbers and estimated the Apple car would have cost the consumer between one and $150,000. Wow. At those prices, Apple would not have been able to compete with Tesla, whose cars go for around thirty to $90,000 and depending on what model it is. The most important metric that caused the demise of the project was the profit margins. That Apple tax has to hit hard, you know. (laughs) The thin profit margins didn't make the car worth the company's time, and it was decided to use those assets that were dedicated to the car project elsewhere. You know, myself, I'm not a fan of electric-powered vehicles. The battery tech which powers them is just too immature at this point. If Tesla or some other manufacturer comes up with a self-driving car, you know, then I'd be interested. That seems to be far off into the future, so I'll probably miss that whole... ...driverless car thing. Back in what one might recall being... ...the day... ...it was thought that driverless vehicles would be controlled by a mechanism outside of the car... ...like controllers of some sort mounted along the highways. You know, a base station of some sort and satellite stations positioned at certain intervals. The government could fund something like this, but if something bad happened... ...you know, like a major hazardous cargo spill, for example... They could be liable for it, so I guess this means no self-dropping cars for you and I, at least for the foreseeable future. And that's a bummer. Apple dropped its version of a sports app last week. Actually, what they did is basically separate that feature from the news app. I downloaded it and gave it a try. Well, if you like the color green, you'll love the look of this new app. The UI and app itself is simple, uncluttered, and works fine. It seems to lean on the Apple TV app in order to pull its data. I say this because while it pulled in most New York Yankee preseason scores, games that weren't available on the MLB network or the Yes app don't show up. We'll see what happens when the regular season starts late next month. From TechRadar.com comes the following headline. iOS 18 tipped to get a visual redesign this year with macOS following later. Unquote. The iOS is due for a facelift. The last major one took place back in 2013 with iOS 7. They've made some minor tweaks over the years, but nothing too radical. The article quotes Apple leaker supreme Mark Gurman as saying iOS 18 is going to be an ambitious and compelling upgrade. Mac OS won't be updated until 2025 or 2026 and not be as significant as iOS 18's redesign. The biggest update will be to Apple's much maligned, and rightfully so, digital assistant Siri, which is set to be updated with an overdose-level injection of artificial intelligence. Supposedly this redesign will take its inspiration from Vision OS, which I must admit, does look pretty cool. All will be revealed come this July during the company's Worldwide Developer Conference, better known as WWDC or WWDC, as the tech press likes to call it for some reason. If you were unaware, I sure was, until taking a deep look into my newsfeeds, the annual Mobile World Congress was held in Barcelona, Spain last week. This has got to be the most quiet MWC event ever held. I saw no pre-event build during the weeks leading up to the event anywhere. I only realized that it was being held when some stories started showing up last Sunday. I can recall a time when the MWC was one of the most anticipated and largest event of the tech year. I guess when Nokia folded, it took the winds out of the sails of the annual event. That and the major tech companies deciding to hold their own events for major product announcements these days. I remember one year when Nokia and HTC, hey, remember those two? No. Held dueling events at the show, with Nokia even sending people over to crash HTC's event. Exciting times they were. The only U.S. outlet that seemed to cover this year's MWC in depth was, kind of, was CNET. And not much came out of it. Chinese Apple knockoff company Xiaomi showed off a feature-packed premium smartphone with cameras from legendary manufacturer Leica, one equipped with an actual mechanical shutter mechanism, which allows you to vary the aperture of the lens. The company also showed off an electric-powered vehicle, which looked nice. Because Xiaomi basically copies Apple designs, their products are not available within the United States. That's because Apple has a team of high-powered lawyers waiting to pounce as soon as xiaomi tries to introduce a product to this market now you can buy a xiaomi phone from the gray market but that would come sans warranty and support another interesting phone comes from motorola which is really just a subsidy of Lenovo China they showed off a phone that can be wrapped around your wrist when not in use I remember Nokia showing off this concept many many years ago though Motorola's version isn't as elegant Motorola's parent company also showed off a laptop concept that featured a transparent screen. Privacy be damned, I guess. Samsung showed its upcoming Galaxy Ring, but it was behind glass with no one able to get the hands or fingers on or in it. I guess the ring is still not ready for prime time. The Galaxy Ring itself looks like many of the others currently on the market, but has a concave design and is supposedly lighter than the others. Well, if I was within the Samsung ecosystem, I'd probably get one. Those were the major item announcements from the Mobile World Conference, which apparently is but a shadow of its former self, which is very unfortunate. The fallout continues from Google's Gemini AI this week as scrutiny turns from the results given by it from image prompts towards results from plain old text prompts. Again, Gemini is having a real problem showing positive results of Caucasian people and subjects as it does with images. And this has cost the formerly Don't Be Evil company $7 billion in stock valuation and counting. It's not just the anti-racist programming that turns out to be racist itself. It's the question of how did this product even get released? There have been even calls for CEO Sundar Pichai to step down. But don't worry, he won't. What has come out since this fiasco is that the culture over at Google prevents employees from speaking up about obvious problems lest they be cancelled by their fellow employees. It's better to keep your head down and just keep quiet about things around Google. Isn't this the definition of a hostile workplace that these spoiled brats are always complaining about? Yes. As far as anyone knows, this man, well, if that's what he identifies as at this very moment... (laughs) who's named Jack Crossick has not been reassigned or fired from his AI lead position. Mr. Krawczyk is an immigrant to this country and, judging by his previous tweets, seems not to like living here that much. Well, perhaps he should return to his home country of Poland and use his skills to, air quotes, improve that country's society. Poland probably wouldn't take him back. Google has proven over and over that the inmates are truly running the asylum over there, and have become sort of the laughing stock of the tech world. This has compelled many, including myself, to take another deeper look into its products. I use Gmail on the web, and I do have the Google's Photo app on my phone. I'll probably move my backups over to Microsoft's OneDrive, which I've had since my window phone days, and delete Google Photos app from my phone entirely. I gave up on Google search a while back and have already deleted the company's memory-hogging, data-vacuuming Chrome browser from all of my devices. I'll eventually move this show's email over to Yahoo or whatever in the future. I don't know about you, but I no longer trust a company populated by anti-racist racists and anti-fascist fascists. And that was my political rant of the week. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. No. Last episode, or was it... I reported on Walmart intended to buy television manufacturer Vizio. Well, it's a done deal. Wally World plopped down $2.3 billion in cash to acquire Vizio. The main reason Walmart wanted to buy Vizio is for data. Your data. Why would Walmart pay so much for your data? Well, to serve up advertisements to you, my dearies. (laughs) I use an Apple TV box, which as far as I know largely bypasses the LG television software. I watched the video from a YouTube channel whose name I can't recall. Hey, give me a break, I'm getting long in the tooth. Anyway, the host pointed out that what's going on with smart television software and even Roku and Fire TV boxes these days. I guess when you first turn on your smart television, depending on brand, you'll see an ad before you can even navigate the menu. When you do select an app, like Netflix for example, you'll see one or more ads before the Netflix app even opens. What? The same thing apparently goes for Roku and Fire TV boxes. What? Many tech outlets predict that Walmart will let the quality of Vizio television slip because they don't care about quality. They only care about showing you targeted ads. The only streaming box that doesn't force you to watch ads before you can use it or the apps on it is the Apple TV box, well, at least for now. You know, I'll happily pay the Apple tax for not having to sit through an ad or two or three, whatever, before being able to access my content. What do you think about this? Tech I'm using! In a previous episode, I told you about how much I missed the old weather app Dark Sky and how Apple bought the app and basically killed it. Yes, some of the features were incorporated into Apple's own weather app, but it just doesn't feel as accurate or polished as Dark Sky was. I decided to try Carrot Weather, and while it has most of the features of Dark Sky, it also has other features that are not needed. Carrot Weather even includes features that really have nothing to do with weather. That and the pretty stiff subscription price of $30 annually. I also tried out Forka, which also supplies the weather data for Carrot Weather. Forka charges but $4 annually for a subscription. While Forka lacks most of the features and look of Carrot in Dark Sky, it provides the most important features and does them well. Over the last week, we've experienced a bit of inclement weather, some high winds, snow, and rain, so I got to see how Apple, Carrot, and Forca compared to each other. Forca turned out to be the most accurate with alerts, followed by Carrot and, in the last place, Apple. Well, I'll be keeping Forca, but for most, Apple weather will suffice. As far as tech I'm using, everything is humming right along with no major problems. The keyboard of my MacBook Air is getting better with use, but I still prefer typing on my Logitech mechanical keyboard. It just feels more natural typing on it. I don't know if it's because I cut my teeth on that type of keyboard or what. I find I can type longer and more accurately using it than Apple's Magic Keyboard. I also think that the LG display I use is better on my old Ford eyes. I seldom have to take breaks while using it in comparison to the display on my MacBook Air. I don't recall having the same level of eye fatigue on my old Intel-based MacBook Pro, so maybe the ProMotion screen really is that much better than the Air screen. Too late now, I've made my choice and will just have to live with it. Yes. In the future, I might try that laptop-exclusive lifestyle I've yapped about previously and replace my Air and Mini with a loaded MacBook Pro. Who knows? I'll tell you what the MacBook Air does well. It's great for watching television shows and movies. The 15-inch screen is optimum for this, in my opinion. The improved speaker array doesn't hurt the audio either. The only tech purchases I have on the horizon a distant horizon are a pair of full-sized Apple HomePods, a Zoom H1 Essential Field Recorder, the new version of Apple AirPods Pro when they drop, and maybe a new pair of over-the-air monitoring headphones. Uh, My old Audio-Technica MH40s are starting to show their age Entertainment news. In a big win for Netflix, the king of streaming was crowned with the annual Screen Actors Guild known as SAG Award Ceremony airing on the service. Did I watch it? Well, yes I did. What? Because the one who must be obeyed wanted to watch it and if she's happy, I'm happy too. If she's not happy, then everybody living under the same roof as her is not happy either. If you're married, you you know exactly what I mean. Yes. I did make a deal with her, though. If any part of the ceremony got political, then we'd stop watching it. Surprisingly, it didn't really get political, not even a hint. At one point, hyper-leftist Barbara Streisand was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Well, I had my finger on the television's remote channel selector, ready to change the channel in anticipation. Well, it seemed that the old diva wanted to get political. She didn't. I don't know if the show's producers or Netflix itself held the script readers awarding themselves on a tight leash, but none straight into the political divisive area. I guess they're saving that in case Trump gets elected again. Though I couldn't care less who won any of these SAG awards, it was refreshing to see winners accept the awards, thank who they wanted to thank, and get off the stage. Yes! Yes! Has Hollywood learned its lesson? No. No! Yeah, I don't think so either. Sony laying off 900 PlayStation employees is the headline from TheVerge.com. And here I thought the PlayStation was the runaway leader of all gaming consoles. What I understand from my limited knowledge of the gaming world is, while the latest PlayStation 5 is in fact the best-selling game console, Sony has failed to deliver exclusive games to the platform. These days, most gamers are opting for a juiced-up PC, so the gaming studios are, of course, targeting that market. That makes sense. Besides that, Steam lets you buy and play games over the internet using just about any hardware, so there's that too. In the past, I've worked with some young whippersnappers who use their gaming console as the main entertainment hub within their homes. They played video games, streamed movies and television with it, and other things. My son used to use his Xbox in that way, but now he uses his loaded-up PC to game and entertain himself. I think the market is shifting, and in the future, Only young children will use video game consoles. If I was a betting man, I'd wager that Nintendo will dominate in that future. But then again, what do I really know? Podcast news. It was a slow news week for Podcasting Incorporated as the money to be made via advertising has dipped for some and completely dried up for others. This has caused a consolidation of studios, Spotify setting free exclusives, and closure of some highly regarded podcast studios. Gimlet, Parcast, and Ringer, three studios gobbled up by Spotify during Podcast Incorporated's Glory Days, whose workers promptly unionized, failed to agree on a contract renewal with their new overlords, which will most likely lead to a strike. Well, I doubt Spotify will reach an agreement with these workers as the company is getting out of the exclusive business and has already folded those studios into its own podcast studio. Oh. This comes after Spotify gutted all three studios with layoffs last year. I think the contract will be left to expire and these unionized workers will be at a job. I feel bad for Parcast employees the most. When an independent company, Parcast cranked out dozens of high-quality shows over many different subjects, and I subscribed to a, a lot of them. All of those shows have been gone for a long time now. I wish the survivors of Parcast would get together and launch another studio and bring back some of those shows. With the release of iOS 17.4 beta, Apple's own podcast listening app started automatically transcribing podcast episodes. Until it didn't, at least for me. This transcription feature is the reason I decided to run the beta of iOS on my phone. It took a day or so for transcripts to actually show up at first, and then it just stopped doing so. Last week, the release candidate of iOS 17.4 came out, and this has so far fixed the problem. The last two episodes of the OFNT podcast sat untranscribed, the early one going on for two weeks. Right after installing the release candidate version, transcripts for both episodes showed up. Now this is a good feature and I hope there are no further hiccups with it going forward. Well, time will tell, won't it? Concerning my own podcasting plans, I'm planning on short daily episode schedules where I'll run down breaking tech news stories Monday through Friday and go into more detail on the major stories on Sundays. I'll be calling it OFNT Daily Bulletin or something like that. I'm aiming for a May or June start date because I'll be traveling a bit during April. That's in order to search for a new house within a livable state. My lovely wife and I will be looking down south and out west. Wish us luck. I don't mind New York, but the high taxation, high cost of living, and increasing crime rates are driving us out. I'm not alone in this, as many others are doing the same. Anyway, once the looking and deciding are done, I'll start up this daily bulletin thing and pause it while actually moving. My new place will feature a dedicated place for podcasting and allow me to spend more time creating and bringing content to you. That is, if everything goes well. The music is playing, and you know what that means... The end of the episode is nigh. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be greatly appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com, and that's if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say watch what they do. Hey, I've got things going on here. So, get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya.